0: When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church one church in global locations to find out more about bishop foreman and harvest church visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769 remember to love god love people and love life make our confession of faith together it's right here on the screen i'm ready to hear then do your word which i'm about to receive which makes all things new in jesus name amen god speak to us now with clarity speak to us with strength speak to us with power we lay down every burden and we declare we are ready to hear and when we hear we will obey we will take action we will not be those that just hear but don't act we will be those that do somebody say i'm a doer Every doer, just take five seconds and worship in this building and online. Every doer, come on, every doer, every doer. Every doer, every doer, every doer. doer. What does that mean? I'm not just going to hear a word, baby, I'm going to do a word. I'm not just going to be encouraged, I'm going to take action. I got the spirit of Nikeo, where we get our word Nike. That means I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I rebuke hesitation. I rebuke procrastination. I rebuke rumination. I rebuke fear, anxiety, and panic. Shout, I'm a doer. Let's go to work. So our series is Caesar Bad Mama Jama. We've been taking some lessons from some ladies of the Bible, just like I did earlier this year with Bad Boys of the Bible, where we took men of the Bible and we took some lessons from them. Fellas, um, just because we're talking about ladies, the principles of God's word are universal. What does that mean? That they apply to everybody, not just ladies, but they apply to gentlemen. Here's what's powerful. The reason we have the Bible is so that if we see it happen there, we know it can happen for us. But even beyond that, the Bible says that I hasn't seen nor ears heard, neither is it entered the heart, which means the mind of man. Which means the Bible, watch me, it gives me my baseline, but God says, I want to do greater for you than even people you read about in the Bible. Which means for you, you're going to see some miracles that watch me. There's no recording of it in history because you're going to be the first one to experience that miracle. You're going to be the first one to experience that breakthrough. And I need you to get excited because God says, I'm about to make your life like a story in a chapter in the Bible. People are about to read about you. People are going to read how you went through 2020 and you thought it was going to take you out. But somehow, someway, in these last 46 days, God came and he blew your 2020 tried to take you out, knock you down, make you fearful, but you have risen up and God says to you, your whole life is about to be a chapter in the Bible. Somebody's about to read your testimony, read your Instagram post, read your Facebook post and know that the same God that did it for you is the same God that can do it for them. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm a living epistle. I, that's what the scripture says. We are living epistles. That means God is literally writing the book of you. So there are certain things he gives you in the Bible to see what he did for others. Not to be your ceiling but to be your basement. I just need you to wink at somebody next to you and say the Bible is the basement. Yeah, I know he parted the Red Sea for them but he's about to part the company for you. I, y'all ain't saying nothing to me I, I I know that he changed the doctor's report for them in the scripture but God's about to make you a medical miracle Discovery Channel is going to be studying you and saying how is it you came through coronavirus and everybody else got lasting effects but you do not I need you lay your hands on yourself say the Bible is your basement say because he does exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask of think. So listen, so today I want to introduce you to two bad mama One is Deborah, little Debbie or big Deborah, depending on where you're from, and J.L. Now, Deborah is a judge, and in Scripture, a judge is a person... It's appointed by God to do the divine, just like you. You and I are natural people that God wants to do supernatural things through. You and I are, watch me, are regular human beings that God wants to do something divine through. This is why your whole life, if you're honest, you've always faced things that seem supernaturally impossible. Because God said, I want to introduce you to me and I will introduce you to me through something that looks too difficult for you. I'm going to back that thing up so you get it. God says, I will introduce you to me by something that looks too difficult for you because I've appointed you to do the divine. I've appointed you to be the curse breaker in your bloodline. I've appointed you to be the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. I've appointed you to be the history maker in your bloodline. I've appointed you to do the divine, which means the only way I can introduce you to the divine, watch me, is in a dilemma. Shut up, shut up. Shut up. I don't mean literally. It's just so good. In other words, God says the reason you've had so many dilemmas since you were a little girl, since you were a little boy, is because I literally was introducing you to me. So you wouldn't just know me through paper. You would know me through experience. So when other people say I can't heal, you'd be able to tell them I don't know about you, but I've seen them do it. When other people say, I don't know if God's going to make a way, you can say, I don't know about your life, but I can look back over my life and tell you he's a way maker. Come on. He's a promise keeper. He's a door opener. He's a mind regulator. He's a heart fixer. He is the great I am. Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. My God. So in the book of Judges, we see cycles and circles for God's people. What's interesting is so after Moses, Moses is this great leader. Moshe in Hebrew is his name, which means to draw out. What's amazing is God used Moses to draw the children of Israel out of 430 years of bondage to the day, the Bible says, which teaches me a powerful principle that every storm has an expiration date. And for somebody under the sound of my voice, today was your storm's expiration date. Y'all can sit there and look at me like that if you want to, or you can tell some storms in your life. You have just come to your end. Why? God says to the very day that God prophesied that they came out of 430 years of affliction, 430 years of bondage, 430 years of oppression. And now Moses is the leader, Moshe. He draws them out. He does his name. He draws them out of bondage. But check this out. He also draws a version of them out of them they never experienced before. What do you mean, Bishop? They come out of Egypt. The problem is, Egypt is still in them. You can be out of some stuff, but some stuff still be in you. Sometimes the greatest thing you need isn't around you, it's in you. Come on, let's talk. Sometimes the greatest deliverance you need is not from what you're around, watch me, but what's in you. Because, see, you can be out the hood, but still have hood in you. Y'all ain't gonna talk. You can be out of poverty but still have poverty in you. You can be out of abusive relationships but still have anime bullock syndrome. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You can be out of a mess and still have what they refer to in psychology, as Stockholm syndrome, where you begin to sympathize and empathize with the very thing that oppressed you and beat you down and abused you. But I speak to everybody under the sound of my voice. the Club, that today. Somebody say today, today, today. Today is the day that whatever you came out of, it's also out of you. Shut up. Whatever you came out of, it's also out of you. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, Egypt, come up out of me. Whatever he delivered me out of, it's got to come out of me. Whatever he brought me through, it's got to come out of me. So Joshua takes over. And when Joshua takes over after Moses, um, what's interesting is that Joshua now, he doesn't have a Joshua. Moses has a Joshua, but Joshua doesn't have a Joshua. What do you mean? There's nobody, check this out, Joshua, every time Moses would be like, I'm done, Joshua would say, I'm not leaving because you're here. Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you, if there's anything that a leader desires, there's somebody around him that gets it. I want to preach. Check this out. Somebody around him that gets it. You can have a lot of people in your circle that don't get it. When they don't get it, how do you know they don't get it? It's because you keep repeating the same things because habits don't change when hearts don't change. Some of y'all, you trying to figure out why your friends do you like they do you? Because they tried to change their habits, but they never changed their heart. And as long as you were sitting here trying to paint the fruit, all you're going to have is a pretty, piece, a pretty piece of something that ain't real. And I don't know about you, I'm sick of fake love. I don't know about you, I'm sick of fake friends. I don't know about you, I'm sick of fake support. If you're going to be with me, then don't go to be with me. Be like X-Men. X-Men and Storm said, if you are with us, then be with us. If not, I need you to get the heck up out my So Joshua does not have a hymn, which is interesting because sometimes you will reap something. If I look at me, that you did not sow because what you were about to do is produce something new. Sometimes God uses something that's wrong in order to get you on the right path. Joshua would not leave Moses' tent. Moses be done. And the Bible says that Joshua would be like there, well, no, I'm, I'm staying here. No, the man of God still needs him. No, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to do this. Why? Because Joshua was the son of none. None in Hebrew means limitations. So when he's introduced to Moses, what does Moses' name mean? Draw out. So that means every time he leaves the house and gets around Moses, Moses draws something out. This is why some of you, you got to be careful to get away from some of your bloodline and away from some of your family and away from some of your relatives. Why? Because they mean well, but they don't know better. And so every time you're trying to walk in what God is your day, you're doing church too much. You're praying too much. What in the hell are you talking about? How can I be too spiritual? How can I love God too much? How can I worship too much? How can I sow too much? What? I'm not cussing. Hell is a Greek word. It means hot trash. Every time Joshua went home, they put the box on him. Every time Joshua went home, they put the limits on him. None limitations. Every time he went around them, they told him, you doing too much. You pray too much. You too spiritual. You serve too much. And it was funny is they didn't have a problem with you doing that when you was twerking at Club Sugar Daddy. Y'all ain't going to talk to me now. But now since you get put in God first, all of a sudden they got an issue. Which means you need to peep game and recognize the spirit you're dealing with. You are dealing with a demonic force that's trying to shut down your spirituality. But I pray that in your next 12, you'd be more spiritual than you've ever. Every friend that's trying to tell you, you change, Baby, that's the whole idea. I'm supposed to evolve and not go back to who I used to. So Joshua's the son of none, son of limitations. But every time he gets around Moses, something's drawn out of him. The leader's drawn out. The general's drawn out. Moses checks him. Don't do that. Moses stops him. Don't sit like that. Don't speak like that. Every time he tries to do his none stuff around Moses, Moses sets that down and says, mm <clears throat> He says, because that's not the way we do that, because the men around here are world changers. Let's go. Moses says, we, we are world changers. We are those that have come to turn the world upside down. And some of you need to be thankful that God exposes you to people that draw stuff out of you. And it may not feel comfortable because it's not supposed to. Change and comfort cannot coexist in the same house. One of them is going to have to get the step in. And I think there's some people in this building, I think there's some people online that can say, I don't want comfort, I want change, because change is where my breakthrough is. Change is where my future is. And my next looks a whole lot better than my now. So Joshua doesn't have a hymn. So when Joshua dies, when Joshua dies, when Joshua dies, Nobody takes over for him. The Bible says that all these different elders start popping up. And when there's no king in the land, Judges teaches us that everybody does what was right. Here it is in their own eyes, which is dangerous because you will always be right to yourself. How many of us have ever told a story to somebody else to try to tell our side and we made sure that when we told our side that we conveniently left out some of the facts that would incriminate us? I need y'all to quit looking at me like you ain't never done that. You were telling a story and, and as you're telling a story, you didn't tell the part about how you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You did, they talked to me all kind of crazy in this meeting and they looked at me crazy and they did all of that. You didn't tell how you were sloppy, didn't do what you said you were going to do and everybody was waiting on you and depending on you y'all ain't going to say nothing to me how many of us can be honest we've done it you were trying to tell another friend about what another friend did and you didn't tell the part about how you still owed them $800 you just, y'all just you ain't going to talk you just told the part about how you can't believe how they weren't nice to you pay the money y'all ain't going to talk I just heard the Holy Ghost everybody that owes you the Lord just says he's about to force them y'all, y'all better not play with me he's about to force their hand. If you receive that, say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah. So check, check this out. They did what was evil in God's eyes, not what was evil in their eyes. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. So now we're in the book of Judges. So in Judges, here's the cycle we see it's a cycle and it's a circle. It's a cycle and a circle. Here it is prosperity. Prosperity doesn't just mean cast, cars, and clothes. Prosperity means shalom in Hebrew. Nothing missing. Nothing broken, nothing like it, all is well. Then what happens? They worship what he gave them. Be careful that you don't pray for something, get it, and then make a God out of it. <laughs> Can I use my phone as an example? So you just said, Lord, if you just give me a good communication system, and Lord, if you just bless me, Lord, just bless me, then he gives it to you. And now, watch me, you cannot detach from it because you're married to it. How do I know I worship something? It's because I will put it before God. Y'all ain't going to say nothing, right there. You got to be careful you don't ask for a marriage and then put it before God. Don't ask for friends, put them before God. Don't ask for money, put them before God. Don't ask for a job, put the job before God. Because worship comes from the Anglo-Saxon word worship, which means to give something worth. Which means, watch me, however you treat it determines how you feel it's valuable. And what's funny to me is how are you going to put something that God gave you above the God that gave it to you? But let's be honest, 1115, I'll start with me. We've all done it, and I'm my hand's up first. So the yeah, rest of y'all just gonna sit there and look at me like y'all. You prayed for something, he gave it to you. Now, now you're thinking you are all that. And the Bible says don't think more highly of yourself than you are, which means there's nothing wrong with thinking highly of yourself, just don't think more highly of yourself than you are. So don't think that you gave it to yourself. Like you ever help somebody out, and then you help them out, and then they walk around you and forget that you was the one that helped them out? y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me like, like you' like how you gonna, how you gonna act like that? I... So they'd worship what he gave them. You got to be careful because whenever you worship what you get what God gives you, you make an idol out of it. that means you put it on a pedestal and whatever pedestal you put it on, God says, I will knock it down because I will have no other gods before me. What does God mean? Source. God says, I will not have you worship in that job. So for some of you, can I be honest with you? The reason you had to be terminated is because your job became your God. But I'm so glad you learned the lesson because your next job is going to outdo. For some of you, the reason the relationship ended, it was actually great. It was on the right path. But God says, you have made a God out of them. When they got an attitude, you don't worship. Okay, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Y'all, please say something to me because married people, because. Oh, oh. If they push me, I'm gonna say it. So, because they holding out, you hold out worship to God. You come into church with an attitude because your wife didn't put nothing on you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You come into church with an attitude because y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Married people. Verse, uh, I mean cycle. So he worshiped what he gave him. Be careful because if you worship what he gives you, he has to allow it to be taken so that you only worship him. I need us all to take a quick worship break and just say, God, I worship you and you only. Come on. Come on, in this building and online. Just let him know that he's first place in your life. Let him know. Watch me. God, forgive us for worshiping other stuff and making other stuff first. You are first. You are first. You are are our priority. You are the center of our attention. Not people, not places, not things, not ideas, not stuff. Forgive us for making stuff more important than you. Everybody shout, "Yes, yes, Lord. So here's the cycle. That have prosperity, he worship what they gave him. Then they get into rebellion and disobedience. Because whenever he's not your God, it means he's not your focus. So that means your focus will be on doing what you want to do, which means to heck with what he said to do. It's only difficult to follow something when the truth is is you've never been following it. Habits can never go beyond heart. Got it? So then, since 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 something else was on the throne of their life they worship that. Now they got rebellious and disobedient. I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. So God says, that's fine, Darlene. Who's Darlene? only in the church character? That's fine, Darlene. You ain't going to do it? Oh, that's fine, Shirley. Oh, you ain't going to do what I said? Oh, okay. That's fine, Jackie. You ain't going to do it? I'm going to raise up an adversary. Check this out. You ready for this? I'm going to customize an enemy to come against you because you're going to learn who's God. And I won't let them kill you, but I'm going to let them take you to the edge. Because you're going to learn today. So God would raise up an adversary. He would customize. He would tailor make an adversary exactly for what they needed. That's why when some of you look at it, you hear things you'll say, that just pushes my buttons. That means God had to create it. This just really rubs me the wrong way. God says, I created it. I knew exactly what to rub to rub you to get you right because it's like sandpaper. And I'm trying to sand those rough edges off of you because you can't take all of that baggage into your necks. Y'all ain't going to say, your next doesn't have time for you to wait. that baggage check. Come on. Your next needs you to take a carry on because what you're about to do, it's about to happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. So he'd raise up an adversary. This is the cycle in Judges. Then they would repent. What does repent mean? They would say, Lord, forgive us. We were wrong. Repent. Re means again, pent refers to the penthouse. Penthouse is the top of the building. It's normally most apartment buildings or condo buildings or what have you. It's normally the nicest unit in the building. It's at the very top. It's got all the different amenities that you don't have in the rest. Check this out. When to repent means I get back to the best version of myself. But to truly repent, God had to customize an enemy that would make me see me so that I could get to the best version of me. And I don't know who I'm in here, I, uh, who this is for, but I need you not to even be mad at who came against you, because they, you, God used them to get you back to the best version. I need you to lay your hands on yourself, say, we're going to the penthouse, baby. I, I need you to get on that other elevator across the hall, because I'm going to the best version of myself, the wisest, the smartest, the strongest, the most praying, the most repent doesn't just mean here's, here's re- repent doesn't just mean this church God I'm sorry that's not repentance that's an apology repentance works like this there's an apology there's an explanation and there's a solution for short it's called AES everybody say it with me AES so, okay, God I'm wrong in other words God says I can't even let you move on until you acknowledge you were wrong let that be a lesson for some of you where you keep resetting with people who never acknowledge that they screwed it up in the first place we can't reset if you ain't going to acknowledge you screwed this thing up in the front. We can't start over until you, until you admit you screwed it up. Come on, let's just start fresh. I ain't starting fresh with you until you realize you burnt the grits. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We can't make no new pot of grits until you learn that you're the one that messed the grits up in the first place. You trying to start a new meal and you still got dirty stuck stuff at the bottom of the old one. So, so, I got to admit it. I got to admit it. I got to acknowledge it. That's what the apology is. Like, I admit, like, it was me. Everybody said, it. it was me. Come on, y'all type it online. Everybody said with me, It was me. Everybody said with me, It was me. So, God is like, I need you to admit that. I need you to stop blaming your mama. That's you. I need you to stop blaming your daddy. That's you. I need you to stop blaming your boss. That's you. I gave you that boss to show you, you. That's you. Did you hear that? Then explain. So, okay, God, here's how this happened. This happened because, truth be told, is we started worshiping what you gave us. We started making what you gave us more important than you. So we didn't give just because we love you. We only gave to manipulate you in doing something for us. And there's nothing wrong. Luke 630, uh, Luke 630, giving and shall be given. There's nothing wrong with giving with intention. But what's amazing is what we will give to people who care nothing for us and the God that cares everything for us. <laughs> we sit here and fight over a $20 thing. Y'all ain't going to say no. Apologize, explain, then here's the, here's the solution. So God, here's how this is not going to happen again. This is repentance. And so the scripture says that this, this is what God required of them. And then he would do the next thing. Then th- he would appoint a judge. Yeah. He would appoint somebody like who we're about to read out. Read about, Lord Debbie or Big Deborah, depending on where you're from. All right, you got it? So Judges chapter 4, verse 2, we're introduced to Deborah. Now, the scripture says that, again, the children of Israel did what was evil in the sight of who? The Lord. Not their sight, but in his sight. If I look at me, which means if you use your conscience as your judge, it don't feel wrong to me. Maybe that's the problem. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. What have we learned about America this year? It's a whole lot of folk that don't want to believe truth. Please say amen. So check this out. So check this out. So what does the Bible say? They did what was evil in the Lord's sight. Not to them. So to them it was no big deal. And I need you to pray this prayer. Say, Lord, let me see it like you see it. Say it again. Say, Lord, let me see it like you see it. Cause see, there are certain things you've been making a big deal about, and God is like, I don't care about that. But the way you just treated that person, I care something about that. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. See, listen, a lot of Christians, you got to twist it because you think your job is to be the moral police for everybody else. Your job is to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and worry about you and let God deal with everybody else. See, while you're trying to judge people, God says, I'm concerned about the fact you think it's okay to judge them. Because what if I use that same standard of measure to judge you? What if I condemn you to hell? What if I condemn you the way you condemn others? I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, worry about you. So, Judges 4-2, the Bible says, and so the Lord sold them. He sold them into the hand of Jabin. Why did he sell them? Because God says, I need you all to know I own you. I run you. And don't you ever forget that. God says, I paid for you. Nobody else did. What's amazing to me is how cheaply we will sell ourselves out for people who could never afford the bill in the first place. God says, I own you, which means I can sell you. If I sell you, that means I also intend to buy you back. And the scripture uses this term, sell, so that we understand that we are God's property. Y'all remember that group with Kirk Franklin the today, God's property? God says, I need you to know that I use this term because I run you. I literally died for you. I don't know about you, but I still get excited when I think about what he did way back then. I still get excited when I think about the fact that when he hung on that tree called Calvary when he paid the price for me and they pierced him in his side and they whipped his back and they ripped his beard out so he wasn't recognizable as a man. I still get grateful because I know you got everything figured out, but as for me, I'm still in my journey. And what I'm excited about is that he waited. Come on here. He waited for me because he says, I own you. You're my property and I love you. So he sells them into the hands of this king named Jabin. Jabin's name means wisdom and discernment. He's the king of Canaan. Canaan was the promised land for the Hebrews. For you and I, it's not a promised land. It's a promised life. It's a life of Shalom. Nothing missing, nothing lo- broken, nothing lacking all as well. So Jabin is the king of where they're trying to go. Jabin is, Jabin is the king of where they're trying to go. Let me say it again. Jabin is the king of where they're trying to go. Another way, Another In other words, God says, I'm going to use this. But what you don't know is I'm using this to get you closer to where you're trying to go. Mm -mm. Let me back that thing up. You're trying to go to Canaan. That's your promised land. Jabin is the king of where you're trying to go. So even though I'm selling you into his hands, what you don't understand is I'm using this to get you closer to where it is you're trying to go. In other words, I know you think that that thing got you off track. What you don't realize is it got you right to the door. I know you think it made you waste your 20s. You did not waste your 20s. It got you right to the gate of where you're supposed to be. I need you to make this declaration. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Because I'm going to sell you into the hand of the thing you're about to take over. I'm going to sell you into the hand of the thing you're about to take over. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin. Jabin means wisdom and discernment in Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament. He's the king of Canaan, which means promised land. But look at these next two definitions of his name. It's on the screen. It means, watch me, it means to, it means to deal with a merchant. In other words, to handle business. He says, you don't handle the business of your life with wisdom and discernment. He, he said, you're still making the same mistakes. And, and God says, I need to change that. Because if not, then you do the next word, That's the definition of, 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 of Canaan, which means to traffic. See, business that's bad is referred to as trafficking, drug trafficking, sex trafficking. So while you think you're doing something good, what you're really doing is negative, it's bad. So God says, I need to take you from being a trafficker to a merchant. I need to take you from sloppy business to good business. I need to take you from running from bill collectors to owning the bill collection companies. I got one person that believes it. I need, to t- I, I need to take you from handling your business sloppily to being the one that's running everybody else's business. I need you to handle the business of your life right. I need you to stop being sloppy with your time. Stop being sloppy with who's in your circle. Stop letting everybody around you leeching off of you. You are not a trafficker. You are a merchant. You are not a trafficker. You are a merchant. So watch. So watch. So he says, he says, I need to teach you to be a merchant. Because if you handle your business right, this is what's gonna get you to your promised life. Nothing missing because you handle your business right. Nothing lacking because you handle your business right. Nothing broken because you handle your business right. All is well because you handle your business right. What does that mean practically? That means your credit's right. That means your savings right. That means your job is right. That means your business affairs are right. That means you handle the people in your life, and you let them know if you're not adding to me by default, you're subtracting from me, and no more subtraction. I'm sick of leeches, sick of fake love, sick of not handling my. Business. Somebody say, I'm not a trafficker. I'm a merchant. Where did he reign? He reigned out of this city named Hazor. Check it out, which means gathering. So check out the whole Bible. Look at this. God is so amazing. He hides in the text what he's doing. Behind the definition of what he's doing. So you can't just read the Bible. You gotta read the Bible. You gotta read it in, you gotta read it out. Then you go to the left, then you go to the right. Then slide. Slide. And then every now and then you're gonna have to tip because this word is about to take you to the top shut your mouth this word is about to have you doing things you never thought you'd be able to do this word is about to have you living a life you never thought was ever possible so check this out he reigns in Hazor Hazor means gathering so God's intention is for them to gain wisdom and discernment about their promise He says, I'm selling you to the very place you're trying to go. God is so amazing. You thought that when you took that position, it was a step back. Who am I talking to? It was not a step back. In the spirit, it was a jump forward. You thought that person leaving you was a step back. It is not a step back. In the spirit, it is a step forward. Somebody say, I'm leaping forward. Now, the Bible says that this king has a commander of his army. And the commander of his army, his name is Sisera. Everybody say Sisera. Now, Sisera, he's the commander of Jabin's army. And I want for us to look at this, and I want for us to get this. Uh, Look there uh, uh, at verse number three. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for what? For help. Why are they crying out to the Lord, y'all? Because God raised up an adversary. God customized an enemy to make them deal with their enemy. I'm gonna slow it down so you can write it down or tweet it or Instagram it or or Snapchat it or TikTok it or drop it like it's hot. That's not a joke. It's a new it's a new social media app. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Please, I I might it might be one, so please. I, I don't know nothing about it. I was just, just church jokes, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, it is one bitch. I don't know nothing about it. Everybody look, they cried out because God created the perfect enemy. God created the perfect adversary. God created the perfect problem. To make them do what? It was me. I apologize, believe me, I do. I apologize, honest and true. Why? I know I was wrong. Come on, Anita, so I sing you this song. (laughs) So now they're repenting. They're crying out to God. And as they cry out to God, the Lord hears them. But I need you to listen. Look at the screen. He hears them, but he does nothing. He leaves them there to gather. Because God says, I know you want out, but you didn't get enough yet. I know you want out, but you don't have enough wisdom yet. I know you want out, but you don't have enough discernment yet. What's discernment? It means to distinguish between what's God and what's not God. You don't have enough time to be sitting up going on eight-week fast to figure out whether or not that person is supposed to be in your life. You need to be able to look at them and say, "Uh uh-uh, I can tell you don't belong. when I have discernment I don't need to pray the purpose of discernment is to discriminate I know not to fool with you because you're crazy and when I got discernment when I see crazy coming I say shalom and I keep it moving some of you oh I just heard the Lord you keep investigating what you already know ain't gonna work because you refuse to use your discernment He heard him, but he left him there to gather. He had 900 chariots of iron. And what did he do? He oppressed the children of Israel. Let's just think about oppression for a moment. Because he didn't just oppress them. What does the Bible say? He did it with with cruelty. Which means he he did it cruelly. And how long did he do it? For 20 years. So imagine 20 years waking up under cruelty. Good morning. Shut up. Don't say nothing to me. I'm just trying to be nice. What, what's, the, what's the concept of cruelty? Is that you are evil without cause. You have no reason to act like that with me. So for 20 years, every day they wake up, cruelty. So imagine where they're at emotionally. So when somebody, watch me, because some of y'all, this is where you've been in your life. So when somebody treats you nice, you think something's wrong with them. When somebody's loyal to you, you think something's wrong with them because you expect disloyalty. But I came to tell you, God is changing everything about your life for the better, which means you need to get used to experiencing good because you've already been through enough bad. For 20 years, their self-esteem is low. For 20 years, their self-image is low. For 20 years, they think anything good is something they don't deserve. So they walk around with the mentality. They walk around with the mentality of slave, which is worse than actually being a slave, because when you are a slave, you're in chains, but when you have the mentality of the slave, you chain yourself. Being an actual slave would actually be an upgrade than having the mentality of a slave. Because if you in change, at least you got the mentality to break out. And you might be sitting next to somebody that's about to break out of some chains that have had them. Or oh, apparently you're not. So maybe you're the one that's sitting. I need you to say, I'm breaking out today. I- Look, for 20 years, for 20 years, they are oppressed cruelly. Oppression is different than correction. Some of you, you call correction oppression because you have gone your whole life unchecked. So you'll say somebody's mean. They're not mean. You're just disrespectful. So and so, they want too much. You've never been called to give more. So when anybody wants more out of you, you think it's too much because no one's ever called more out of you. But maybe God puts you around a Moses whose job is to draw something out of you. You need to thank God for the people that won't settle. You need to thank God for the people that say you can do better than that. You need to thank God for the people that say there's better in you. Why? Because that means they really love you because the people that hate you will leave you low. But the people that love you will call you up. I need you to open up your mouth say, I'm being called higher. I so watch. So watch. For 20 years, look at the screen, he didn't get them out. That's a long time. But he loved them through it until they got it. let me see if I can send it another way. He loved them through it until they gathered everything he wanted them to gather. So here's your prayer. Lord, whatever else I need to gather up out of this. I pray I gather it before midnight tonight. You can look at me with that tone of face if you want to. Or you can make a faith declaration. Say, Lord, whatever I'm supposed to gather out of this. I pray I gather it by midnight tonight. I ain't going to be doing this next year. I ain't going to be doing this. Not the way I've been doing it. So. Why 20 years? Two in the Bible. You ready for this? Can I go deep 11 1115? Yeah. Two in the Bible is the number of witness. So anything I send in the scripture twice, that means there's a witness there. In fact, the scripture says, do not receive an accusation against one, uh, uh, against a leader except out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Two. There's got to be two. There's got to be two. There's got to be at least 2 got to be a minimum of two because you can't trust the word of one alone, conceptually. Take this out. So here's why 20 years. Here's the first reason. Because two means, God says, you're going to be able to witness about this when you're out of this. What does this mean? You're going to be able to tell somebody else what you went through. So when you see them on that path, you'll say, baby girl, please don't. Baby boy, please don't. Sir, please don't. Ma'am, please don't go down that road. I spent 20 years over there. But then zero in scripture means all things new. So God says, I'm going to make you new through what you went through. So I'm not just coming out of this saying, Ooh, I got out of 2020. Uh uh. When I come out of 2020, I'm coming out like a boss. When I come out of to who am I preaching to? When you come out of this year, you're coming out on top. When you come out of this year, you're going to look back and say like the psalmist, it was good that I was afflicted. When you come out of that betrayal, you're going to say, it was good that I was afflicted. Lay your hands on yourself and say, you're coming out new, boo. He, he didn't get them out. He loved them through it. And here it is. Let's go. Verse 3. They cry out for help. Verse 4, now Deborah, here she goes. Here's our girl. Here's our bad mama-jama number one. Deborah. Deborah's name in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it means bee. (laughs) That kind of bee. Now look, here's what I found out about bees. Bees only sting to protect what they build. (laughs) They only sting to protect the hive. So if it stings a human, it perceives the human as a threat to the hive. Because where it is, you don't even know where the hive is, but it knows you're too close to it. you didn't even know the hive was over there that's why the bee came over there messing with your picnic table came over there messing with you getting your because the bee was like there's something over here we've been building and they don't know where it's at but they gotten too close to it let me see if i can help you understand the lesson there are certain things that started stinging you because you didn't realize you were close to something major and you better not get stuck you better not get paralyzed you better not get stuck you better not get paralyzed Somebody shout, I'm close to something. Bees only sting to protect the hive. Something of value. Here it is. That's what a queen is. You'll catch it in a minute. It's real simple. That's what a queen is. So watch me. If if, if the bee can sting you, it keeps you from ever getting to the place of royalty. Let me see if I can say it. Another way, if the beacon sting you, it will frustrate you and make you stuck instead of causing you to rise up and fight forward. So embedded in her name is a whole principle that God uses what stings you. We're going to see it in a minute to make you stand up. Let's look at it. She's a prophetess. That just means she speaks on God's behalf to the people. She's the wife of Lapidov. Let this be a lesson for every married woman. Let's just be a lesson for every married woman. You got to make sure you keep bringing things to the table. Let's just be a lesson for every married man. Stop being intimidated that she brings stuff to the table. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Your silence is offensive. Let me tell you something. If you're dating somebody that feels like they're in competition with you, cancel them today. If when you tell them good news, they can't clap for you, cancel them today. You need somebody that can look at you and watch me and can say, baby, do your thing. Because when you win, I win. I ain't scared of you. Do your thing. Go on and get that bag because I'm going to get that check and go put it in this joint account. Married people. If you have people around you that are in competition with you versus celebrating you, you got the wrong people around you. You don't have a circle. You have a cage. So her husband's cool with her being a problem. Her husband's cool. He's like, look, baby, go and do your thing. You the judge. God picked you, not me. So I'm okay with you shining. God picked you, not me, so I support you. S- sometimes, listen to me, married couples. Listen, you, you got to be careful that you don't let culture paint a picture that the Bible doesn't hold you to. You can't be intimidated. My wife make more money than me. I'm intimidated. You better tell little Debbie to keep on making them cakes. Ain't nobody saying nothing to me. The Debbie, snack cakes, church jokes. Her husband' name means torch. What I love about it is he's holding the torch for his wife. Because the best relationships, this is a partnership, baby. We working together. Which means every now and then, I'm going to need you to hold me down. But sometimes we're going to need to reverse, reverse. I'm going to need you to hold me down. Sometimes I'm going to be the one praying you through. Sometimes you're going to be the one praying me through. Let me take it out of relationships. You got to have friends like this that can be the torch for you. That can help light the way that when it feels dark for you, they're like, "Uh ah, come over here, girl, the light over here. Uh Ah, sir, come over here. Uh -uh, Ah, ma'am, the light's over here. I pray your circle would actually be a torch for you and not rain on your fire. So she's judging Israel at the time. So she's the one sitting in this position of leadership and authority over all of Israel at this time. And she's a woman. She was born for such a time. Okay. Can I just, okay. Let Let what's happened in the natural be an example of what can happen in the spirit. What are you saying? In America, a woman and a woman of color has just been elevated to a role that she's never dealt before I don't care if you voted for her or not. That's not the point. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. That's not the point. The point is, God says, I do something in the natural that I'm about to do in the spirit. You're about to hold some positions. Nobody that looks like you, talks like you, been where you've been from is a. It's not political, it's principle. I care. Don't pull me in a no political fight because you'll lose. Don't do that. He's judging Israel at that time. Now, check this out. Verse (laughs) verse 6. So she sent and summoned. Now, check this out. She's about to summon a man named Barak. Barak means lightning blessing. Now, check this out. Imagine if Barak gets an attitude, y'all ready for this, that a woman summoned him. Y'all don't like this here. Ain't no woman gonna talk to me like that. I'm a man. Well, why are you so scared, sir? You don't have to be intimidated. Support her. Hear me, men of harvest. We support our women. We love our women. We build our women. We encourage the women. Hear me, ladies of harvest. We build our men. We love our men. We support our men. We will not tear one another down. She summons him, says, Come here. I wanna meet with you. He goes to the meeting, and here's the principle I need everybody to get. When you are called up, I need you to show up. When you're called up, I need you to go up. When opportunity presents itself, when you pray about it, you disrespect God. You just sat here praying during your offering opportunity to open. So when it opens and you pray about it, it's disrespectful. When you're called up in church, I'm like, I just don't know if I can do it. You were, listen, then you wouldn't have been called up. When you're given positions of leadership and servanthood and what have you, then you go up. You don't sit there and talk yourself out of it. You come up. On your job, you come up. God wouldn't have put put, put it in front of you unless he intended for you to seize it. And for everybody that's going to seize what's in front of you, don't do this if you don't want to do it. But if you're like me, you're going to seize whatever God places in front of you. I just need you to snatch it one time. Stop Like, that's crazy. It's a prophetic gesture. I'm doing in the natural what I'm about to do in the spirit. Because when I get to work on Monday, I'm about to... When you get to the office on Thursday, you're about to... There's some stuff you're about to seize. See, summons Barak. Barak means lightning blessing. Which means this thing is going to happen fast. In other words, you've been in it for 20 years but you come out of it in two minutes. Come on, church. Say say just like that. Say quick, fast, in a hurry. And here's the faith piece. The faith piece is can I believe that it could happen for me quickly? Because what I've seen, I've seen for so long. Like if you've lived in the same house for 8 years, 10 years, 15 years, moving can seem like, mm, I don't know. When you've been in the same sorry relationship for years, a good one can seem like, child, I don't know. You ready? When you're used to dealing with people that you have to do all this extra stuff for, and God gives you some people you don't, you be like, child, I don't know. Maybe you don't say child because you're not a 75-year-old church mother, but... Side note, Bishop Bright, y'all know Bishop Bright, <laughs> Vice Chairman of our Board of Directors. Bishop Bright, that's been my buddy for 14 years now. And one day he, he said to me, he called, we were talking one day, and he called me, he said, Child. I said, Sir, you are not a church mother with the white orthopedic shoes on with the gold dot. I said, You will not call me child. And he busted out laughing. <laughs> Back to the regular scheduled message. All right, let's go. We love church mothers. All right, we love everybody. Okay, check this out. She summoned Barack because he was going to move quick. Everybody look at me. Your hesitation will make you miss it. Uh-uh, uh-uh, I need you to catch it. There's a window of opportunity, and if you miss it, your hesitation is going to make you miss it. Because opportunities of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. (laughs) Everything ain't always going to be set in front of you for that long. You ready? Say, I got to move quick. Say, I have to obey quickly. Christians, we don't pray about what the Bible tells us to do. For example, I'm praying about forgiving them. That, That doesn't require prayer. That requires obedience. I'm praying about giving. That doesn't require prayer. That requires obedience. I'm praying about serving. That doesn't require prayer, that requires obedience. I'm praying about coming to church. That does not require prayer. That requires obedience. Okay, parents, imagine your three-year-old comes to you. You say, go clean your room. You know, mom. You know, mom, I'm gonna pray about that. It doesn't sit right with my spirit you don't clean your room. And that's the last we heard from Little Susan. <laughs> it's a shame what happened to Lil' Susan, but she gone, all right, listen, I'm just joking, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. <laughs> Look at the scripture, <laughs> I'm just joking. Say quick obedience. How many of us can be honest in this building and online with your hand, I'm almost done, where there are things you knew to do, you knew to obey, because it didn't require prayer, and you were slothful and slow. I am chief among them. My boots are up, okay? My hands are up, my knees are up, my elbows are up. My ears are up. The hairs up under my nose are up. Listen, everything. Because you know why we move slow sometimes? It's because we're afraid. You ready? We're afraid of the unknown. I know what I have in this, but if I obey, I'm scared of what it might be. Like, I know how it feels to hate them, but if I forgive them, what is that going to be? Say, "Barak!" Barak! All right, the son of Abiram from Kadesh Neftali said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded you? Look at Deborah. Deborah goes and she talks to him, or she summons him, and he comes up. He says, Hasn't God commanded you? You, somebody say, it's me. Go gather men from Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. Verse 7, and I will draw out Sisera. Who's Sisera? The general of Jabin's army. So he's the enemy. God says, I'm going to draw out the leader of the opposition against you. You're catching it in a minute. I'm going to draw out the leader of what's against you. Because watch this. Because if you get the leader, smite the shepherd and the sheep scatter. What's the principle? If I can deal with the head of that, then I will deal with the rest of that. (laughs) Y'all remember Independence Day, um, the one from 96 with Will Smith? Anybody remember the movie? I remember how they had to get to the mothership and take the mothership. And if they take the mothership, they take the other ships until years later. And we discovered that there was another, another mother. No movie lovers in here? Okay, all right. Check this out. If they got the mothership, when the mothership got the virus and they blew it up, it destroyed the other ships. You'll catch it in a minute. There are certain things in your life that they are simply the fruit of a root you got to kill. And if I kill the root, then the fruit's going to die automatically. And I need some of y'all to hear me. God's been drawing out your enemies. What is that? Anything that is against your forward progress so you can see them clearly. Not to run, not to retreat, but to conquer. Let me show what he does. He, he draws out. He says, I'm going to draw out Sisera. God says, I'm drawing out the things that are against your forward progress. Because you'll actually be shocked by what it is. You'll be shocked by some of the people that actually really can't stand you. Because they do such a good job of making you think that they love you. Anybody ever been shocked to see who was actually behind the gossip? You're like, it was her." It's like a game of Clue. Who did it? I know she didn't do that. I I, I know she Don't tell me that. Oh, no, don't tell me that. What did God say to to, to Barack? I'm going to draw out your enemies. I'm going to draw out the enemies around you. Listen, and I'm going to draw out what's in you. Your inner me, that's your enemy. And I'm going to lay it in front of you so you can see it. And listen to me, here's what God's been doing in your life. I don't know about your praise once I say it. What God's been doing in your life is that he's been revealing and exposing your enemies and your enemy. Who am I talking to? I said, your praise. will. He's been showing you that's the problem. This is the one that don't like you. And sometimes you got to be careful because you can love what hates you and hate what loves you. So where does he say? I'm going to draw Sisera out. All your enemies. And here's where I'm going to draw them. I'm going to draw them to the River Cachon. Cachon means, look on the screen, slaughter. Kill them. He says, you're about to slaughter them. In other words, we're not dealing with this again next year. <laughs> you've been in school for 20 years, baby. It's time to go on holiday break. <laughs> you've been dealing with this lesson for years. Decades. And here's what's funny. is You've been making progress, but when you look at that area, you're still like, who am I talking to? Like you can look at all these other great things God is doing. You're like, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. And then you look at that, you're like. Hmm. Hmm. Whoo. Just shaking and rocking and rocking and shaking. God says, I'm going to pull them out so you can see them because you're going to slaughter them. But you cannot slaughter what you cannot see. You cannot conquer what you will not confront. You will not deal with what you allow to deal with you. So the Bible says, I'm going to give them into your hand. But listen, God has been drawing out your enemies and your inner me. And hear me, don't be shocked by the number of enemies that have your last name that have your blood, that have been around you for decades. They have been your friend throughout your struggle, and what you're about to find out is they were the reason you had to struggle. <laughs> That's for somebody. That's for somebody. Y'all ready? All right, let's go. So, so look, 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 verse 8. Barak said to her, if you'll go with me, I'll go, but if you're not going with me, I'm not going to go. So what does he do? He honors his leader's permission. He's like, I need your permission to do this. Then he honors his leader's presence. He's like, I need you to go with me. Then he honors the leader's principles. What does this mean practically? This means when we come to church and we get the word, why do we make these podcasts available on YouTube and Facebook and all of that? We did all of that pre-corona. We're doing it during corona. we will do it after corona. Why? Because you have to take, watch me, you have to take your leader's presence with you, your leader's principles with you, and your leader's permission with you. What does that mean? When I feel scared, I just heard that these next 46 days, listen, I already got permission to see some stuff. The word of God, come on, y'all. I'm taking the word with me. In other words, what, it's, what did Barack do? He's like, let me take everything from Deborah with me. It stings sometimes, but it's waking me up. Let that be very practical. That when you are moving forward in life, you have got to take the word, the message, the podcast. You've got to take those things with you. Because when you are looking at Sisera's army with all these 10,000 chariots and or 900 chariots and all these people and all of that, you're going to be like, Mm-mm, I'm about to go into prayer. <laughs> and you'll retreat when you're supposed to throw down. <laughs> you'll give up when you're supposed to walk up to it. You got that? And Barak called out Zebulun and Naphtali to Geddes. And 10,000 men went up at his heels and Deborah went with him. So literally, again, let me illustrate the point one more time. He takes the word with him and works it. What was the word? You the one God called, do it. So what does he take with him? That word. Some of you, can I be honest with you? You always get up to the door. And what you don't understand, the scripture says there's a great and effective door open for me and there are many adversaries. Your enemies are always at your door. So if he's drawing the enemies out, what does that tell me? I'm at my door. Somebody's going to get it. They ain't saying nothing, but I think I got about four, five over here. If I'm looking at my enemies, that means I'm at my door. What was on the other side of the enemies? The river Kashom. What does that mean? That's where I get in my flow. That's where I get into my groove. That's where I finally do what I was created and sent to the earth to do. But what's going to make me keep fighting when I get there is the fact that I got the word with me. And I'm going to work that word. So here it is. Let's finish. Let's finish. Let's finish. So verse 12, when Sisera had told Barak, the son of Abinion, had gone up to Mount Tabor, uh, Sisera called out all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the men that were with him from Heroseth uh, Haggium to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, up! For this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not the Lord go out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. What, what happens literally? Barack wasn't aware of the moment he was in. He wasn't aware of the time he was in. He wasn't aware that this is not the time to be laying down taking naps. I ain't against naps. I'm just saying, sometimes it's not time to be sitting there. I just need a rest. I need you to conquer something to qualify for that rest. Everybody look at me, everybody look at me. She says, get up. In other words, she says, stand up. In Hebrew it means come out of your grieving, come out of your mourning. Literally like get up out of what's held you down. I need you to get up out of what confines you. I need you to get up out of that thinking. I need you to get up out of letting the news media have you in fear, anxiety, and panic. I need you not to walk around with fear. Oh, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power and of love and a sound mind. And you know why you can't walk in fear? Because the Bible says that our days are numbered. Which means if it's not your number, it's not your number. I need you to live and stop being fearful because somebody said, I must live now. Every birthday you count up, but heaven counts down. So if you walk around in fear, what you're literally doing is you are stifling your own life. Worried about this and worried about that. Can I be honest with you? God says the reason you still got breath in your body is because he's not done with you yet. And while you're in the land of the living, you got to make it worth something. So she says, get up, man. She says, today's the day. (laughs) Somebody will catch it. She says, get up. What does Deborah mean? Be, sting. She stings him. Uh Uh-oh. It stung you to get your attention. Uh Uh-oh. It hurt you to get your attention. Uh Uh-oh. It was painful to get your attention. Uh Uh-oh. It messed with you to get your attention. God, give me some good help here. Uh Uh-oh. It messed with you so that you would finally get up. You will keep things at status quo until something stings you. <laughs> status quo it means slow death. You think you think oh, I just want to chill. Let's just be chill, bro. <laughs> chill means die. Slowly. Which is worse than quickly? Because that means at the end, you have to look at how you fail. Woo! But you sit next to somebody, that their ladder's going to be greater. You sit next to somebody, their next is going to be their best 12. Online, you're chatting with some people that God has not done his best work. His next work will be his best work. If you believe that, put a praise in this atmosphere for three seconds. Go, three, hey, two, hey, one. Let's finish. Let's finish. God draws out his enemy. Psalm says, and he prepares a table for me in the presence, which means it's time to eat. The table's set. Everything's laid out just right. In the book of Numbers, the Bible says, what are we eating? He says, our enemies are our bread. In other words, God has been setting the table. He set this up, you'll catch it in a minute. He set this in the right place. He got your money right, come on. He got your savings right, come on. He got your business dealings right, let's go. He got your family situation right. He cut off some connections you had that would keep you from going forward. He's been laying out the table and he says, now it's time to eat. I know you felt weary, but that's because it wasn't time to eat, ding, 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 ding. Dinner served. Look, he prepares a table in the presence of his enemies. Verse 15, we're done. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all of his army before Barak. God makes you see it so you can solve it. Say he routs them. So come to me. You're going to be Sisera. Come directly to me. Now, now listen, for those of you in the building, you saw him walking all the way across. That makes sense, right? Just come right up on me. That's not how God did it. God routed the enemy a whole different way so you could see them coming so then that way you wouldn't be cut off guard when they showed up on you this time because all that time God let you watch them he was letting you get prepared and get ready but not only that God says I was using your enemy to get some things done for you so while I rerouted them they were doing stuff that made no sense to them They were signing off on promotions for you when they were just signing off on terminations for other people. Didn't make any sense, but say the Lord is routing my enemies. He routes them before Barack. He says, you got to see this so you can solve it. And Sisera got down from his chair and he fled away. Run, Cicero. Run, Cicero, run. Run for it, run for it, run. Everybody look at me and imagine how Barack feels. Y'all ready for this? Stop. God, you did this to me again. Right when I was on the edge of winning, you let them get away. Everybody look at me. I need you to be honest with me. How many of you have ever felt like that? Well, right when you're on the edge of something, you're like, this is it. Something happens and you're like, God, you did this to me. Here it is again. Because this isn't the first time I got this close. And you let him get away. This is the first time I finally was ready to do what I needed to do and you stopped it. You did it. Come on, let's be honest 15. How many of us have ever been there where we looked at God like, God the reason I'm scared of trusting you this time is because some part of me feels like you let me down last time. I need y'all to be honest with me in this building and honest with me online Then I need you to make this declaration and say, but Father you didn't fail, you didn't fail, you didn't fail say, I wasn't ready yet just for those of you that believe this next part say, but now I am Just for those of you that believe that you're finally ready. Say, but now I am, 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 now I am. Now I am. So, it looks like Sisera's going to win. And then this other bad mama jumbo. What are you trying to tell me? God's about to work a double team. He used Deborah to sting you to get you up. But now, Sisera runs. Looks like he got away. I know what it is to feel like God let you down. And if we're honest, if you really, if you really begin to evaluate the situation, you can be honest that it was, really, it was really you. But our humanity is prone to make us look and be like, this was God. Because here's what you even started to do. You ready? You ready to begin your business? You started to compare how you live to how other people live. And said, now God, now if you let her I wish there were some honest people at this 1115. God, how you going to let her ratchet? How you going to let him? God, I'm not perfect, but God, dog. So you started going through the list. God, I didn't do this no more. I don't do this no more. And now you start trying to justify yourself based on what you did right. Now realizing your delay wasn't to punish you. Your delay was to prepare you. Your delay was not to punish you. Your delay was to prepare you. I know what it is to feel that. Because I felt that several times in my life. I'm like, God, here we go. I was right there. And you let Sisera go. But today, I need to introduce you to another bad mama-jumma. Because Sisera runs. Now, look, look at verse 16. Go back to verse 16. They pursue the chariots and the army. They kill all of Sisera's army. There's only one thing left. Sisera, the general.com. Listen, the general. Sisera runs into this place. He thinks he's safe. Listen to me. There are certain people who did you wrong who ran to other people for safety. And then, when, and here's what really happened. They could no longer use you. So when they could no longer use you, they ran to somebody else to then talk about you to who they about to now start using. That's just pimping. That's all it is. That's just classic pimping. That's all it is. It's pimping. That's all it is. Look, look. They ran for safety. So Sisera runs into this house. Go to my next verse. Sisera runs into this house. Go to my next verse. Thank you. Judges 421. He runs into this tent where he thinks it's safe. Come on, Cicero, run back. Because he's been running all night. God's making them tired. For 20 years, you ran from them. In November, they started running from you. For 20 years, you ran from anxiety. Anxiety is running for you. For 20 years, you were running from generational curses. Now generational curses are running from you. Somebody say, God reversed it. Maybe it's like a good game of uno. We've heard so, he runs into this tent of a man named Haber. Haber's wife is JL. This is the other bad mama jamma, I'm done. Her name means practical and profitable. What does this mean? Everybody listen to me. God says, I don't just need you to be spiritual about this victory. I need you to be practical about this victory. I don't just need you to lay your hands on your credit report. I need you to order it and make sure the stuff fell off. You checking it? You checking it? You see what I'm saying? I don't need to just lay your hands and claim healing. I need you to go to the doctor and make them give you a clean bill of health and look at you and say, we don't know how this happened. And you can tell them it was nobody but the Lord. You got to be practical. And when I get practical, it becomes profitable. What does this mean practically? I need you, please listen to me. Please do this over the next seven days, these last seven days of fasting and prayer. I need you to write down what you actually need to do. I need you to write it down. Here's what you do. We be thinking of stuff. You know, I was just thinking the other day, I need to do this. Look here, come here, come here real close. Get a pen, get you a pad, get you a laptop, get you an iPad, get you an iPod, get you one of them Google things. I don't know nothing about that. The Bible talks about fruitfulness, not robots. I'm saved. Excuse me. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Just joking. Just joking. You ready? Here it is. Say I have to be practical. Like write down why you hate them still. So you shouted in here, and that's good. You shouted at home right now. You're like, "Ooh, we. This good word is good. I can see the snake face. Oh, I can see it." ladies over here, they be doing, they be going in over here. They be like, what a, they, they clearing the spirit, right? Take this out. I need you to be practical about it. Why do you need to be practical about it? Because what you're about to do to it. So, Sisera runs into the tent. He runs into the tent. Sisera's tired, so he, he lays down to take a nap. Let that be a lesson. You and your enemy can't be doing the same thing at the same time. When they resting, you working. What that vacation and you you're planning. The wife of Heber, Heber took 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 a hammer. But watch this. But she went in softly. Everybody listen to me. I need you to st- I need you to focus on action, not announcements. Here's what you do. Here's our culture. We announce everything. I want everybody to know I'm cutting everybody off that didn't do me right. Just do it. <laughs> I want everybody to know I ain't taking no mess with nobody. This, just don't take it. Listen, here's what we're guilty of. Myself, again, my hands up of telling everybody what I'm about to do. You know what the Lord checked me the other day? He said, He said, So you just don't sit here and complain, or you're going to do something? I said, Well, yes, sir. I'm going to do something. He said, because you keep having the same issue with that same set of personality. And I just need you to do something about it. I said, yes, sir. Let so let it be written. So let it be done. And it shall be done. Check this out. Say no announcements. No announce. Just actions. Just I want everybody to know I'm going to get in shape. Just go to the gym, girl. <laughs> Fellas, I just want everybody to know I'm going to start lifting these weights, you know what I'm saying, because I'm trying to be healthy. Man, just go. I want everybody to know I'm taking care of my kids. Take care of your kids, and that's your reasonable service. You don't get credit for that. You play, you pay. (laughs) I want everybody to know I'm going back to school. Just go. While you posting the post, you could have graduated by now. (laughs) Get you some good online classes. Them teachers ain't paying no attention. (laughs) okay, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Look what she did. She took a tent peg. Oh, wow. My god. Don't hurt him. We had a pin at the 915. We upgraded props at the 1115. My god. Somebody says she went softly. That's what we mean by no announcements. There are things you just need to do. Your announcement, everybody look at me, it's what's invite attacks. You invite tax when you start making all these announcements. I want everybody to know I'm going to be debt free, so now the enemy launches an attack. Just get debt free. I want everybody to know I'm going to be a seven-figure earner. Just do it. Just get it done. Just, just do it. Yeah. Here it is. The wife of Heber took a tent back. She moved softly. She drove the, p- I like her. You know why? Because she knew when to be meek. But then she knew when to become a beast. And for some of y'all, watch me, you just beast all the time. You walk in the meeting, hey, everybody sit down. going to have a meeting. You like Nino Brown. You got Rottweilers, everybody in black. Stabbing people in the hands, you fight too much. You f- <laughs> <laughs> she's soft, and then she comes in soft, and then she's like, now here, take this out. What Sisera doesn't know is God has already got her on his side. He thought he was in safe territory. But listen to me when your enemies do you wrong, they think they're going to safety. What they don't know is God's got a sleeper cell. So the Bible says she takes a tent peg. How you know she's a beast? Because who would even think to take a tent peg? Like, why didn't she just, you know, put a pillow over him or something or something a little bit? She says, uh-uh. I'm going to make sure that he never rises. You're going to make sure depression never rises. You're going to make sure fear never rises. You're going to make sure anxiety never rises. I got to finish. And the Bible says she drives it through his head. You can hit it, but don't, you know, it's good. It's behind his head. He all right. You're all right. I got oh, you. If you die, I'll raise you up, okay? I'm just joking. I'll lay hands on you. Get you up. All right, look. She drove it through his temple. Everybody look on the screen. What does that word say? Until. Which means I keep striking until I take this thing out, which means victory might take me a few hours. Might take me a few days. Keep hitting that thing. It might take me a few months. Might take me a few weeks, but somebody say, I won't stop until I win. Say, I won't stop until I win. She drove it through his head. why she drive it through his head? Because if I get the head, I get the body. Check this out. What is she really doing? What does it represent? If I get the head, that means I change how I think about it. So the issue isn't even an issue. The issue is how I think about the issue. So what does this mean? I keep dealing with me until you don't affect me no more. I keep dealing with me until you don't block me no more. I keep dealing with me until you don't stop me no more. I keep dealing with me until I'm not intimidated by you anymore. I keep dealing with me until I can look at you in your face and say, Who is this uncircumcised philistine that the feather I am is of the living God? It goes all the way to the ground. Why? Because he's lying fast asleep. Why? He's tired. Because for 20 years, for 20 years, he and his king have oppressed you cruelly. And on one day, God says, Debbie, you get it started. JL, you finish it. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. <laughs> Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.